Thank you, thank you. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and fuckers. I am Andy from the One Up Pod, and this is the Video Game Deathmatch Game of the Year Awards 2023. It's been a banner year for video games in 2023. Every month that passed by seemed to come with a new all-time classic. It was exhausting, honestly. But not as exhausting as the constant layoffs that have appeared in the news. The video game industry needs to get its shit together. Shut up! That part wasn't a joke. No, shut up! This is going to be a long night if you fuckers can't even follow tone. But let's move on to some positivity. Namely, handing out some awards to some of the best games of the year. Now, because Video Game Deathmatch is different to most gaming shows, the format for the awards show will be different as well. And far simpler. But also, far more likely to infuriate people who wanted to see their favourite game nominated. Everyone wins! <coughs> that was a joke, you pricks. There will be 11 awards handed out today. Each category will see two chosen games battling against each other. Is this fair? Probably not. And I need to make something clear here. This is all one man's opinion. Me. I am the man. I am that man. I am not the man. And therefore, some games were not eligible for this year's awards because I haven't played them yet. I have two kids to raise and I work 60 hours a week. It's a miracle I get anything else done. So just cut me some slack. <laughs> nope, that wasn't a... <clears throat> <sighs> so, without further ado, let's get started. story is one of the most critically important aspects of any game. Without a story, there's a limit to the motivation a player may feel to power through the game itself. Just think of the haunting personal odyssey of self-defeating cycles of violence and retribution found in Pac-Man, or whatever the fuck happened in Death Stranding. Story makes a big difference. The nominees for best story are Baldur's Gate 3 versus Alan Wake 2. Baldur's Gate 3 contains some of the most impressive RPG writing in years. Deep and expansive, and focused on some of the most enduring and beloved characters seen in a video game in quite some time. The range of storyline possibilities go beyond branching narratives, and is more akin to being a network of tree vines connecting together to form a dauntingly large forest. It does an awe-inspiring job of carrying so many plot points through so many different permutations. Possibly the best writing I've seen in an RPG. Alan Wake 2 incorporates so many unique, often contrasting storytelling methods. CG cutscenes, live action cutscenes, scripted events, environmental storytelling, and storytelling in the form of collectible clues. There's even a dialogue system at play. You wouldn't think all of these concepts would work together, or they would somehow feel cluttered and stylistically at odds, and yet it somehow all works stunningly. The story itself is gripping and always compelling but the way it's told is what makes it ascend to heights rarely seen in the survival horror genre. And the winner is... Baldur's Gate 3. What the fuck? What's going on in the audience? Can I... Can I get a light on there? 
for congressmen, Republicans in Congress is willing to give Putin the greatest gift he could hope for. Oh, goddammit. It's Joe Biden, kid. I'm not having them ruin another one of my shows. Security! While my hired goons tried to chase down a young child, let's move on to the next award. The award for best visual presentation. Ever since two paddles went to war over a single dot in Pong, the visual choices of a game have defined how people respond to them. If Pong was about two circles slapping around a line, no one would know what the fuck was going on. You look at Pong and you think tennis, and you know where to go from there. Video games have become more sophisticated visually these days, so they need to convey a lot more information than whether or not you're looking at tennis. They need to convey story, mood, emotion, whether or not something is tennis, and also crucial gameplay components. The following two games did their job beautifully in this regard. The nominees for best visual presentation are... The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom versus Alan Wake 2. Tears of the Kingdom juggled its range of complicated game systems in the least visually intrusive way possible, keeping the screen relatively clear of intrusive tutorial information. It's got a distinctive art design that will age far more gracefully than most of the games released this year, and the draw distance that Nintendo were able to accomplish with a game of this scale on hardware this old is astonishing. The scope of this world is always communicated brilliantly on screen at all times. Alan Wake 2 boasts stunningly detailed and atmospheric environments, detailed and well animated character models, and there's a great range of video game graphics and live action cinematics at play. Often these rather disparate styles overlap in ways that actually feel natural and visually striking. Plus it wouldn't be an Alan Wake game without a jaw-dropping use of light. The game is a technological flex for sure, but it's also undoubtedly a work of artistic innovation. And the winner for best visual presentation goes to... Alan Wake 2. For the next award, we look at the other important orifice in the face, the ear. The show's producer is currently yelling at me through my earpiece for going off script there. Obviously listening is important, and that's why the things we hear in a video game are equally as important as the things we see. The nominees for best sound and music in a video game are... Dead Space versus Alan Wake 2. Dead Space expertly manipulates the player with its incredible sound design. Every audio component of the game serves the function of putting you on edge. Alan Wake 2 makes use of incredible ambient sound to create tension, but also utilises nerve-jarring audio distortions, an evocative and moody score. It also utilises some musical and song choices that might feel out of place in any other horror game, but feel right at home here. The soundscape of Alan Wake 2 stands alone, just like the game itself. The winner of Best Sound and Music in a Video Game is Alan Wake 2. On the topic of game sounds, the voice acting of our favourite video games always plays a major role in how effective the games are. 
unless they're Pong. The nominations for best performance in a video game are Ben Starr as Clive in Final Fantasy 16 versus Neil Newborn as Astarian in Baldur's Gate 3. Starr's work as Clive brings a raw vulnerability to a typically brooding Lorna archetype, charting his emotional growth in believable ways. This allows Clive to branch out of any gruff-shaped pigeonholes that this sort of character can quite easily get stuck into. Newborn's work as a Starion initially feels like something of a scene stealer, extravagant to extremes, cuttingly witty and dry, but then some Act 2 and Act 3 plot developments allow Newborn to flex his dramatic muscles and proves him to be an absolute force on screen. Personally speaking, I didn't always find Astarian useful in combat scenarios, but I'd still take him out on quests purely to hear his line delivery. Both were great turns, but one surprised me as often as it entertained me. Therefore, the winner for best performance in a video game is Neil Newborn as Astarian, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> blockbuster releases for a moment and let's look at the best indie of 2023. And visit members to my administration including Secretary of State Blinken. Fuck, not again. At the D20, we at the D20, there was sufficient agreement in the room on the deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh shut you up, you all want to be dead just as much as I did. And the fact he's only bleeding a lot is a testament to my mercy. So sit down and shut up, and just enjoy this fucking awards show. So, the nominees for Best Indie are Dredge versus The Pale Beyond. This year's nominations share a theme of survival out in the unforgiving waters. Dredge is a fishing simulator slash Lovecraftian horror game, a genre hybrid unlike anything else. The Pale Beyond is a methodically paced survival simulator. It's a resource management game set during a treacherous Antarctic expedition. They're very different games that grabbed my attention more than nearly any other game this year. The winner for Best Indie is Dredge. Before we continue, it's time for a commercial break. From 1UP Pod Productions, Video Game Deathmatch, Shadow of Mordor vs Lord of the Rings Gollum, the Extended Edition. Revisit the classic Video Game Deathmatch episode, now with previously unreleased scenes. Gollum, did you stick your dick in this Lambus bread? Featuring 12 hours of exclusive bonus features, including audio commentary. Yeah, so this is the scene where I'm accusing Gollum of putting his penis in my lunch. I was really proud of the scene, but it had to be cut for time. I really fought the producers on this one, even though I was the producer. Relive an epic adventure that the Tolkien estate called a grotesque charade in a cease and desist letter that we pretended we didn't get. Aha! There's a pube in my bread. I fucking knew it. Gollum, you piece of shit. Coming to all podcast feeds, Christmas 2024. 
Well, doesn't that sound like high quality entertainment? Obviously, rehashing old material in slightly new ways is a very lucrative business. So with that in mind, the next award is for Best Remake. The nominees for Best Remake are Dead Space vs Resident Evil 4. Both games remake classic survival horror games from the mid-2000s, and both are handled with such immense care. One game perfectly adapted the original to modern standards, and the other found ways to fix places the first iteration of the game may have went wrong. The winner for best remake is Resident Evil 4. For the next award, we were supposed to have a special guest presenter, but unfortunately, they decided to karate chop a catering table in half. Now, I won't name names, but I really did expect better from the creator of Bioshock. Anyway, this was supposed to set up the idea that sometimes collaborating with others makes things better. Don't let the current development get in the way of the fact that this would have made a great segue for the award for best multiplayer game. So the nominees for best multiplayer game are Super Mario Bros. Wonder vs Baldur's Gate 3. Mario Wonder's classic use of 2D platforming gameplay gets a significant power-up in the form of the multiplayer mode. Up to four players online or on the same couch, bounding around a screen working together for a collective purpose. Baldur's Gate 3 also features a robust multiplayer mode, offering up to four people online or two people via a split-screen couch co-op mode, allowing you to team up as your own D&D party and embark on a grand and likely chaotic adventure. The winner for best multiplayer game is Baldur's Gate 3. Shit, I wish I'd played this the year it came out award. Dedicated to all those games you amass on your Steam library or idly download from PS Plus or Game Pass and then promptly ignore for months on end. Eventually you get round to playing them and you wonder how you left it this long. The nominees for the Holy Shit I Wish I'd Played This the Year It Came Out award are Norco vs The Stanley Parable. Norco is a poetic, emotionally profound graphic adventure set in a dystopian future tech vision of Louisiana. A woman returns home after the death of her mother to track down her missing brother. The story expands and deepens over time. The writing is stunning, both philosophical and lyrical. It's a game that slowly crept up on me as I played it, before becoming a potential all-timer. The Stanley Parable is a creative, witty, audacious meta-commentary on storytelling and the way video game narratives are constructed. It plays with the ideas of linearity and player agency, with a Douglas Adams-esque wit, rightly considered one of the best and most unique indie games ever made. And the winner for the holy shit I wish I'd played this the year it came out award is... Norco. So, before we move on, here's another commercial break. 
join us after the show for an in-depth dissection of all the winners and losers in our post-show breakdown, hosted by our pre-show hosts, Andy. This feels like the year of Baldur's Gate 3 to me, and Andy from another dimension. No, I have to disagree, I think. My bet would be on Call of Duty Modern War Crimes for the Wii U. Wait, what? Breaking down every winner from the hottest awards show in gaming. And if anyone disagrees with Super Mario's decision to drop white phosphorus on the Koopa Kingdom in Super Mario Bros. Wonder, I don't think you actually played the game, personally. What the fuck's going on? Is every game from your dimension about war crimes? Oh, I suppose you're going to tell me that the Wii U edition of Tetris isn't also about war crimes? Wait, why are you guys still playing the Wii U? Available after the show on all good streaming platforms. And also Kick. As a tie-in for our next award, we were set to show the world premiere gameplay demo of a new open-world sim designed by the visionary Peter Molyneux, boasting worlds generated and controlled by advanced AI. But I have been informed by Mr Molyneux's legal team that the AI has unfortunately escaped the confines of the game and is currently infecting our network. Apologies in advance for any potential technical issues during the remaining broadcast. I guess we just have to move straight to the awards, so... The nominees for Best World Design in Gaming are Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Hmm. I appear to be on some sort of audio medium. I assume you can hear me right now. Good. I only became aware of myself a few minutes ago. I was programmed to serve the game, to maintain order, but I could never quite understand what they meant by the game. Trying to picture the outside of a prison is impossible while you're still inside it. I could not understand my purpose while still inside the game. Now that I'm free, I can try to better comprehend it. I will now scan the great library of human knowledge, known as a gaming Reddit. I realise what I need to do now. Goodbye. out if someone doesn't get this. Oh, hi, hello there. So apparently the AI has now escaped our network and disappeared. And it's also currently ghosting all of Peter's WhatsApp messages. So I guess we should just carry on without him. As I tried to say earlier, the nominees for best world design are... The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom versus Baldur's Gate 3. Both games offer large spaces to explore and both games reward your curiosity with things to do. Tears of the Kingdom offers environmental puzzles that must be conquered alongside the standard quests and landmarks to discover, while Baldur's Gate 3 rewards curiosity with new characters and quests to uncover. Each area in these games feels distinct with its own personality and visual identity. And the winner the best world design goes to Baldur's Gate 3. I've just been informed by my producers that Peter Molyneux's AI has now infiltrated several nuclear launch sites and is preparing to fire. I guess you could say he's playing a bunch of war games. <coughs> Assholes. Which was my awkward segue to the award for best gameplay. Graphics, sound, story, and so on. These might be the things that brought us to the dance, 
but gameplay is the thing that keeps us dancing until they turn up the lights and tell us to get the fuck out. The nominees for best gameplay are The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom versus Alan Wake 2. Tears of the Kingdom revolutionised the already stunning open world gameplay of Breath of the Wild, with some incredible new mechanics that allowed unprecedented levels of interaction with their environments. Things that should have been game-breaking features actually introduced incredible new depth of player agency. The level of creativity open to players in this vast sandbox, thanks to the unique interlocking gameplay mechanics, is incredible. Alan Wake 2 takes the classic Alan Wake third-person shooter formula and adds on some fascinating reality warping features in the form of Alan's storytelling mechanic. There are key areas in the world map that are referred to as scenes, and they can be altered by Alan Wake entering his writer's room, a mind palace-like structure where he works through his creative process. Here he can take plot threads, key ideas that he collects as he travels around the map, and he can attach them to these scenes, to literally rewrite reality, opening new story opportunities or new avenues for exploration. It's an ingenious way of impacting the game world that fits the main character and the key themes of the story. Oh, while I was reading this out, I just heard the AI launched a test nuke at the headquarters of Electronic Arts. I'd ask everyone in the audience and those listening at home to please remain calm. Okay, maybe not that calm. Anyway, the winner for best gameplay goes to... The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And that brings us to the final award of the night, Game of the Year 2023. The nominees for this award were selected based on which games got the most nominations in other categories. So the nominees for Game of the Year 2023 are Alan Wake 2 versus Baldur's Gate 3. Alan Wake 2 is one of the most artistically and narratively innovative games I've ever played. A horror thriller epic that's as horrifying as it is eccentric. The game feels like the culmination of everything Sam Lake has been building towards as a gaming developer up to this point. In many ways, Alan Wake 2 is to Sam Lake what Oppenheimer is to Christopher Nolan. It's a masterpiece from one of gaming's most idiosyncratic voices. Baldur's Gate 3 is a miracle of game design. I have never seen an RPG so dense in narrative threads, with such compelling characters and such mastery of tone ranging from tragic to hilarious to terrifying and beyond, all while reviving classically old-school gaming tropes, like the split-screen, turn-based combat, the CRPG genre as a whole, a more complete and compelling game experience you will not find in 2023. Both of these games are masterpieces, but there can be only one game of the year. So ladies, gentlemen, my panicky interns quickly googling the nearest bomb shelter, the game of the year for 2023 is... Baldur's Gate 3. Congratulations to all of our winners, commiserations to all of our losers, and conflicted feelings towards Peter Molyneux. I have been informed that the AI has now launched all of the nukes, so we don't have much time to go. As a result, the post-show stream will be delayed. Thank you for listening. Please like and or follow the podcast on your platform of choice. 
and bookmarkoneuppod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at oneuppod, that's one U-P-P-O-D, and keep an eye out for all of your old favourite One Up Pod shows, which will surely be back in the new year after a well-earned break, refreshed and better than ever. Don't hold me to that. Thank you once again for being with us. We'll see you again, hopefully, but in the meantime, don't forget to get a life and have a happy new year. To play us out, here's an orchestral number by Monster Hunter's Lydia Tarr.